The Money Show. Small business. Uh, 16 minutes it is, past 7 o'clock this Thursday morning. Uh, Pablo, it's been a while since last you and I spoke. Uh, it's lovely to chat to you. I'm not sure if I'm going to like the conversation, though, because we're all supposed to be going on some sort of festive season, um, obviously mindful of what the uh, COVID-19 variant is doing right now. But you're asking us to do some thinking over the festive season. Good evening. Good evening. You know, Africa, here's the reality. Yes, okay, we're not going to think about debits and credits and all that type of stuff. But a business owner never, ever switches off, never switches off. So if your mind's going to be on, in the back of your mind, whilst you rest on a beach or stay at home on a couch watching Netflix or run up a mountain or visit the bush or do whatever you do, you need to be thinking about how to make up for two last years and only eight years of the remaining decade, you need to think about it because Monday morning, first thing, next year, you need to set a strategy and get going. There is no more time. It has been two years that has been largely lost to COVID. Or have they really? Well, it depends what you did over the last two years. You know, if I if I look um, at at, at the mid-tier businesses, really, and I'm speaking now across South Africa, uh, Europe, the UK, US, um, and, and certain parts of Southeast Asia, um, I noticed there were three things that took place. Um, some businesses closed, a few, um, and, and it was devastating. Very sector-driven, very sector-orientated. So a lot of activity that saw closures take place in the social economy, the strong social economies, so the entertainment industry, the eventing industry, the uh, tourism industry, etc., right around the world, people took an enormous amount of pain and, and many businesses were lost. But by far the majority fought and survived and a handful of them fought and thrived, absolutely thrived. So it really is going to depend how you look at the next eight years based on what you're working with. If you have closed, understand this, you haven't lost all your value. It certainly feels that way, but the value that you have is always going to be rested in an understanding of an industry. A lot of those industries that took pain will come back in fits and starts, but they will come back. The relationships that you had earned for the year, five years, 10, 15 years, Uh, prior to COVID, if you've nurtured them and you've held on to them, they are valuable kickstarters to rebuild the business again. If you fought and survived, the question I'd be asking myself is, gosh, I've lost two years of this decade. Now, depending on my age, that's going to have a big impact. Because right now, right around the world, Around 51% of all mid-tier businesses globally, Africa, sit in the hands of the baby boomer generation. And the baby boomer generation has held on to these businesses for 10, 15, 20, 30 years with a view to exit over this next period. So your strategy, if you're a baby boomer and you're in a business today, is very, very clear. If you are on the younger side of the baby boomer, the Generation X and Millennials, 
your strategy needs to consider that those baby boomers right around the world are going to be looking to exit their business. And what can you do to make up for the last two years, but also really ramp up for the remaining eight years of this decade? So three different options depending on what it is that you're working with. I might be listening to this, uh, Pablo, and thinking... Yes, of course, I want to expand. I want to grow. I want to exploit positively the opportunities that might present themselves. But there is this huge unknown variable. Are we going to see another Omicron, for example, uh, in the next, I don't know, six to eight months that will result in perhaps my business sector once again being shut down uh, because of the transmissibility and the efficacy of that variant? Absolutely. So, so. So here's the thing. You know, I'm really hoping that by now, through pain more than anything, because pain is what drives necessity. So let's call it pain. Let's call it necessity. I'm hoping that most business owners recognize that they only have full control over one thing. And the only thing you have 100% control over is your attitude. And your attitude, whether you're aware of it or not, guides your behavior. And your behavior, the activities you perform every day, give you the results of your business, right? So in order to work 100% with what we have control over, let's make certain assumptions for next year. So let's say, because he has the thing about Omnicon. When I last had a conversation with the virus, Africa turned around and said to me, I do one of two things. I either mate which is my preferred option. But if you create an environment for me where I can't mate, then I'm going to mutate. And no border being closed anywhere. And no restriction on transport or movement anywhere is going to stop that. So the likelihood of a new variant coming out absolutely is far more likely than not. It's, we're not at the end of COVID. We're living in the COVID decade. So let's assume that we're going to have more COVID scares. Let's also assume that Eskom is not going to be able to provide electricity reliable. Let's also assume that global supply chains, depending on which part of the economy you're looking at, are not going to be up and running as they were next year, but some are going to take six months. Most are going to take around three years to get right. And the reason for that is that most products nowadays, almost across the board, if not directly, indirectly through how they're made, rely on microchips being in either robots or computers or plant or equipment or whatever the case is. So three more years of ongoing uncertainty around supply chains. Let's assume, highly likely, that our government is still not going to get any response or take any or take any action against the writers. So if you're waiting for that in order to see whether we are going to live in a more stable country or not, take it out your mind. Let's assume that they're going to fail at that. Let's assume that we're not going to have a definitive, clear, unified, cohesive economic growth plan for the country. Let's assume all those things. Because the moment you do, if you rely on what you have control over, which is your attitude, your attitude to how you want to grow your business next year, assuming 
the worst case scenario will put you in a position where the decision you make leaves you with the most control and any of those assumptions that are false that see an improvement in any one of those areas only adds to what you have. But if you don't assume that and you go into next year before you set your strategy with the hope that COVID will go, that supply chains will come right, that climate change is going to stall, that Eskim will remarkably make it all happen for us. The first shock we have, which is a certainty, will completely unwind your strategy, unwind your psychology, and prevent you from actually making next year a power year for you and your business. So let's assume that we're working with the downside the whole way through. Okay, so we make those assumptions. We know what has happened over the past two years. We have a sense of what lies ahead in 2022. And as I said, those assumptions are going to be factored in uh, to our thinking this um, Mm. December weekend. What strategic choices then can I choose from to start 2022? So the one thing that has been shown to be pretty consistent in terms of excelling performance or excellent performance in a business is that a business should really have one primary strategic imperative. You know, I work with a number of companies and sometimes the most I've ever seen a business have is 23 strategic imperatives. Can you imagine that? It's, it's a complete shambles. It's impossible to win on any of them. The environment we are in is so competitive that if you have one single simple strategy, the likelihood is that if you get that done and you focus on that and that alone, you will progress despite all these ailments that we suffer in our economy. So the first one that's available to us is a view that says from next year on, in the first working day of January, I'm setting a strategy to create scale in my business. In other words, to be able to grow my business at an accelerated pace, to simplify it and narrow it so that I become expert at dealing and solving problems for a very well-defined group of customers that I become the best at doing globally. I'm going to start in South Africa. I'm then going to take what I learned in a very, very competitive zero-growth economy like South Africa, which would have meant that I've built a business very efficiently And then I'm going to look to access a similar group of customers abroad where I can leverage the weak currency of the RAND to secure business in those markets that I can service on a RAND cost base. It is a viable strategy because we as South Africans have got an unconscious and remarkable level of resilience. We are driven by necessity in instances like that. And it is what positions you as a South African business to win in business, not only locally, but abroad. So that's strategy option number one. The second one, Africa, is you might turn around and say, hang on, my runway is a lot shorter because what I've just described is an eight-year plan, right? In the following eight years, I want to take, with, I want to take what I have. I want to grow it but I want to grow it specifically in terms of its profitability. And the reason I want to grow the profitability is because the ultimate measure 
that influences the valuation of any company is the profitability of that company. So if I can focus over the next eight years in simplifying my business, growing what I have to be more efficient and more effective so that the revenues that come and drop down to the bottom line, I'm going to do so with the view to identify an exit for myself. Within the next eight years, I'm going to sell my business to monetize all the years of risk and investment and sacrifice that I've made so that I can move that business towards creating an asset for my retirement. Option number two. And in Africa, option number three. I will continue to play my fears. I will continue to hesitate. I will continue to say, should I do this or should I do that? I will continue with indecision. And the result of it is I'm going to become the lunch of those who select option one or those who select option two. So we have three strategic choices available to all of us to lock and load 2022. Which one are you going to pick? That is the million-dollar question, isn't it? And as always, Pavlo, leaving us with much food for thought. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Pavlo Fitadis is a founder of Auric Business Accelerator.